Hi, and welcome back to Weekly Dev Tips. I'm your host, Steve Smith, a.k.a. Ardallis. This is episode 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything, with some guest tips on learning TDD and Lisp. This week we have a special guest. He's the author of the books Clean Code, The Clean Coder, and Clean Architecture, all of which I think should be required reading for most professional software developers. Robert C. Martin, a.k.a. Uncle Bob, is here to share a couple of tips for software developers. You'll find him online at at Uncle Bob Martin on Twitter and at cleancoder.com. We'll jump right into his tip after this quick word from this week's sponsor. Are you a software developer looking to advance in your career more quickly? Would you find a mentor or group of like-minded professionals valuable? If so, check out devbetter.com and read the testimonials at the bottom of the page. Sign up for a risk-free membership if you're interested in growing your network and skills with us. So without further ado, please welcome Uncle Bob to Weekly Dev Tips. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> this is the uh, the Weekly Dev Tips, right? And Steve has asked me to do a, a dev tip. So, so okay, I, I think actually I'm going to do two. Um, the first one, all developers, what should you do? Well, <laughs> you should learn test-driven development. Um, without a doubt, this is probably the most uh, important and productive discipline any programmer can learn. Um, avoid all of the con. Well, don't avoid the controversy. Read the controversy, but listen to what I'm telling you as well. Uh, it will make you more productive. It will make you a better programmer. Uh, I'm not going to teach you how to do it here. There's plenty of tutorials online, plenty of books and articles and videos and and things that you can find. If you want to uh, have me teach you directly, you can go to cleancoders.com and there's several videos there. But here's the tip. Don't learn this at work and don't try it at work uh, for the first time. Get good at it before you bring it to work because so, the, the discipline requires a fair bit of skill. There's a lot to learn, a lot of tricks, a lot of, um, a lot of skills and a lot of judgments that you have to develop in order to do it well. Uh, it, it's not an easy thing to over, uh, overcome all of the uh, biases that you've had over the years. So uh, I would take several weeks, maybe a month or two of off-site exercise. You know, do it at home. Uh, do it at um, at user groups. Do it at at code retreats or hackathons. Learn it. Learn it well. Learn to get comfortable with it. Learn the the mocking techniques and the non mocking techniques, and learn how to do the the separation of tests from from production code. Learn the design strategies. Uh, there's a fair bit of stuff to to bring into your brain, and to get into your fingers as well. So uh, once you've got it pretty well under your control, under your, you know, in, under your skin, once, once you're good at it, and that's not going to be two days, uh, then you can bring it to work and you'll have some success. The, the problem with taking it to work too early is that you will inevitably come across something that's difficult to do. And at work, the stakes are high and you can't afford to make the, mist the mistakes you can't afford to stumble around, and so you will very rapidly abandon the discipline. 
habits. That's just what happens. So you need to acquire the discipline in a situation where the stakes are low. This is a lot like learning how to fly an airplane. You acquire the discipline in a context where the stakes are low, like you know, having an instructor sitting next to you able to take over in case you just turn the airplane upside down or something like that. Again, that would be the way to do it. Now, now, you know, that brings up the idea, could you learn test-driven development if there were an experienced mentor sitting next to you uh, a large percentage of the time? And the answer to that is yes. Right. Then, then you could learn it at work. If you've got somebody at work who is really good at it, uh, then have that person take you under their wing and really teach you test-driven development at work. That, that would work out just fine. Most of us, however, don't have that option, and therefore it's something you're going to have to learn at home in a place where the stakes are low enough that you can stumble around and goof up and make, make all the terrible mistakes in the first four weeks and then come away with you know enough skill that you can pilot the airplane on your own without crashing it into the ground. Right, so that's tip number one. Now, tip number two. <laughs> Learn Lisp. No, really. Learn Lisp. I'm not joking. Learn Lisp. Uh, I've been a programmer for 50-some years. I learned Lisp 10 years ago. So I'd been a programmer for 40 years. <laughs> and then, then I learned Lisp. Why didn't I learn Lisp before that? Well, because <laughs> I was an anti-Lisper. I thought it was stupid. You know, I was an assembly language programmer. That's real programming. And then, then I became a C programmer because that's real programming. And, and then I became a C++ programmer because that's real programming. And then I became a Java programmer because that's, well, that's, you know, that's programming. Um, real programming, well, you know. All during that time, I thought Lisp was some kind of academic, nonsensical, baloney kind of language that only highbrow intelligentsia, elite kind of folks dealt with and uh, wouldn't bother to look at it. Too many parentheses. Come on, really. And then I got a book. And a book had been recommended to me several times, and I strongly urge you to read this book. It's free, by the way, this book. You can download it off the internet nowadays. It's called The Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs. The Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs. Get this book. Read this book. It changed my life. It will very likely change yours. And then find a good Lisp. I recommend Clojure because it sits on top of the Java stack. C-L-O-J-U-R-E. Clojure. And learn that language. And by learn it, I mean learn it. Master it. Become really good at it. And what you will find if you do this is that your understanding of computer languages, what they are and what they have to do, will change dramatically. And you will come away with a very different outlook on what programming really is. It's my opinion, by the way, <laughs> that some kind of Lisp will eventually be the language that everybody uses. You know, this, this crazy menagerie of languages that we are currently embroiled in will eventually all settle down and we'll pick a language. 
maybe more than one, but honestly, I think we could live with one language. Uh, and that language will very likely be some kind of lisp. <laughs> anyway, th those are the tips. Uh, I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, and now I'll hand it back to Steve. Thanks so much, Bob. Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs was actually the first computer science textbook I had in college, in a class that used another lisp variant, Scheme. I've added links to the resources you mentioned to the show notes, which you'll find in your podcast client or at weeklydevtips.com slash 042. That's it for this week. If you want to hear more from me, go to ardallis.com slash tips to sign up for a free tip in your inbox every Wednesday. I'm also streaming programming topics on twitch.tv slash ardallis, most Fridays at noon Eastern time. Thank you for subscribing to Weekly Dev Tips, and I'll see you next week with another great developer tip.